I want to preach tonight on this subject, why the trials of life. We're going to look at several verses as we go through uh, the message uh, this evening. This morning I preached that Christ is revealed most often through the fiery trials of life. And perhaps the only way some will ever see God in our life is when we go through the fiery trials of life. Some ask the question, if I'm serving God, shouldn't God make my life easier and not more difficult? Reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God, we learn why trials are an important part of our Christian lives, and we learn that we find the greatest blessings of life only as the result or outcome of trials in our life. I want you to take your Bibles and go quickly to Galatians chapter 2. I want to use this as an illustration of what I'm talking about. You see, salvation does not bring all of the blessings of the Christian life. Salvation is enough to rejoice about and to praise God for until he comes or we go home to glory. But there are many blessings of life that we receive through the trials of life. I want you to notice in Galatians chapter 2, and uh, told you to turn there and I didn't. Galatians chapter 2 and uh, verse number 20, Paul says this. Now this is Paul writing, and of course uh, Paul was a persecutor of the church and of Christians. And now he is a born again child of God, he's a preacher of the gospel. In his flesh that once uh, produced persecution, uh, the Christian is now a preacher of the gospel. And I want you to notice what it says. I am crucified with Christ. Now, that crucified with Christ, it speaks specifically of his salvation. However, it is not all that he's talking about. He's also talking about dying to the flesh through the trials of life. The flesh cannot do the will of God. But the Holy Spirit of God does a new work in and through our flesh. Notice what the Bible says. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, growing up where my grandfather had a huge garden uh, every year, I think of that garden every time I read Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Now, this being uh, the month of February, there are some places in southeast Kentucky that they'll be breaking the ground, many of them probably tomorrow uh, because uh, uh, it be warm weather and it's that time of year. And uh, if you looked at the garden plots, you would see them uh, grown over with last year's either uh, vegetables or weeds that had grown up. But what they will do, they'll take that same piece of ground that's now covered uh, with weeds and they'll break that ground up and they'll plant good seed and the ground that did bring forth uh, thorns and uh, weeds will in a few short weeks be bringing forth edible vegetables that they'll enjoy. 
Now Paul said, I once was a person producing nothing but weeds and briars. There was nothing good in my life. But I'm now crucified with Christ. There's a new man living in me. And as I crucify my flesh, it allows the Spirit of God to produce what is pleasing to him. Are you with me tonight? Hence, God oftentimes brings trials in our life that the flesh may be crucified and we become dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say tonight, I do not take trials lightly. There are many here tonight, there are many that are watching uh, the service tonight that are either in or have been in a great time of trial and difficulty. But what I preach tonight, I'm not, I'm not taking it lightly. Your trials are real and they are very difficult. But I want you to see them as the opportunity for blessing in your life. As a soldier or a law enforcement officer or a firefighter would expect to go through rigorous and difficult training because their jobs are difficult and they face grave danger, they must go through rigorous and difficult training, so a Christian must expect to go through the rigorous and difficult training for the work of God. I was in the Attorney General's office uh, this past week, and I met uh, several of the, the uh, lawyers that were working there. Mom, I'm sorry about hanging out with bad company this week, uh, but uh, I, I, that was a joke. And, uh, but I was, I was with a group of lawyers there that worked for the Attorney General, and as they introduced me to different people, they introduced me to a fellow. They said, now, he has argued a pro-life bill in the Supreme Court. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Now, he didn't start off there. I would imagine that most courtroom attorneys uh, would have a goal uh, one day to argue a case in the Supreme Court and win. Now, he didn't graduate and pass the bar exam and go argue a case uh, in the Supreme Court. It took a lot of training. It took a lot of difficulty and, per and perhaps times of failure for him to get to that place. Now, I don't know about you. I don't just want to go to heaven when I die. I want to accomplish something for Jesus in the journey. Did you hear what I said? I want to accomplish something for Jesus in the journey. The things of this life will fade away. They have no value. But what we do for Christ, those will last through eternity. And so tonight I give you several reasons that we face trials in life. Number one. Trials keep pride out of my life. Trials, difficulties, burdens that God allows in my life, they keep me from having personal pride. Take your Bibles and quickly and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you were in Galatians 2, probably just one page, maybe two back. I want you to notice what Paul, the great apostle... The great missionary Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Paul had been greatly blessed of God. He had been greatly used of God. 
But he says here, unless I, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, given to me, given to me. God gave that to him. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Why? Here it is again. He says it twice. Lest I should be exalted above measure. You see, trials help me not to have pride in life. It, 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 it is a mind-boggling thing. We will trust in God. We'll depend in God. We'll have faith in God. We'll spend time in prayer and serving God. And God, as a result of that faith and obedience, will bless our life. And somehow or another, we look at that blessing and pat ourselves on the back and say, look what I did. That's not what I did. That's what faith in God did. God gave the blessing and sometimes we'll take a blessing and we'll let the blessings of God, not what I produce, but what God produced through my life and we'll have pride in ourselves. So trials keep me from having pride in life. I said it in Sunday school, I'll say it again tonight, Noah's greatest accomplishment was not the building of the ark. Noah's greatest accomplishment was faith in God, was faith in God. As a result of his faith, he built an ark of safety. As a result of faith, his family was saved, uh, not only from the flood, but saved from their sin uh, by faith in Christ because of Noah's faith. His greatest accomplishment, as I said this morning, I do not want it said of Clay's Mill Baptist Church that their greatest accomplishment is a building or a ministry or a program but their greatest accomplishment is faith in an almighty God and that God would help us to understand the most important thing we can do is have faith in God. So trials sometimes come to keep pride in our lives. That's what happened in the life of the Apostle Paul. Number two, and I love this, trials put God's power on display. Trials put God's power on display. Now think about it. Every miracle in the Bible began as a problem. And the way it was solved is God's people or a leader, they recognize we have a problem that cannot be solved. God, we need your help. And so that trial that came in their life caused them to trust in God. Everybody's attention went from the problem and the person to God and God put his power on display as a result of the trial. So the trial in my life, the trial in your life, it's not to hurt me, but it's to get me out of the way so the glory can rest upon the person it ought to, and that's the person of Almighty God. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. All I can do is have faith in Him. The Red Sea was a problem, but it put God's power on display. Nobody could have imagined what God was going to do. Ah, but he told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And as they stood there with the mighty Red Sea before them and Pharaoh's army behind them, Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Everybody's attention's on heaven. He parts the water. They march across on dry land. You see, trials in our life that puts God's power on display. God's power is on display in the wilderness when they had no food to eat. They had no new clothes or new shoes. And God's 
power was on display as he gave them manna from heaven and water from the rock of Horeb as they came to the land of Canaan. But the Jordan River separated them from that final victory. Again, God's power was on display uh, in, at Mount Carmel uh, when Elijah faced some 450 prophets of Baal. And there it was. He said to the people, if the Lord be God, then follow him. The Bible said, and the people answered him not a word. A problem. But problems cause us to look to heaven. And that puts God's power on display. Ah, in just a few minutes after Elijah's prayer, dear friend, the fire of heaven fell and it consumed the sacrifice and the altar and licked up the water around it. And the people cried. Boy, that Elijah can pray. No, sir, they didn't. Boy, I'm glad Elijah's on our side. No, sir, they didn't. You know what they said? The Lord is God. Amen. Trials come in my life and that allows God's power to be on display for God to receive the glory. David faced Goliath. Problem. He was a champion. That means he'd never been defeated. A champion. Goliath. Goliath laughed at him. He said, you think I'm a dog? Did you come out here to run me off with a stick? What do you think I am? Some kind of a, 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 a dog? He laughed at David. David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. All Israel's going to see. Here's what he said. All Israel's going to see is a God in heaven. You know what I hunger for in this generation? Not for a generation of young people to see what a man can do. I hunger for a generation to see what God can do. And trials oftentimes give us the opportunity for God's power to be on display. You look at the problem, whether it's Daniel going to the lion's den of the three Hebrew children, going to the fiery furnace. It was the trial that put God's power on display. I said, number three, trials prepare us for service. Take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 5. Quickly, Romans chapter 5. Trials prepare us for service. I said it in the introduction. You would not send a police officer out on the beat without going through rigorous and uh, uh, difficult training. Uh, you would not send a fireman to a, a fire. He wouldn't know what to do unless he'd been through uh, the training. Uh, and it's so important that we understand as a child of God, if God's going to use me, God has to prepare me. Romans chapter 5, verse number 3. And not only so, but we have glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto you. Where did all this start? Uh, where did this, uh, where did this uh, uh, patience and hope and experience and glory, where did it start? It started with tribulation. Trials. Young man uh, goes to boot camp and we rejoice in them uh, successfully completing boot camp. And uh, there's a rejoicing in the preparation time. Trials are to prepare us for service. By the way, I love what God does. God prepares us for big trials with little trials. God prepared David for Goliath. He practiced on a bear. Now, I don't know about you. That's a big trial to me. But, but he practiced on the bear, practiced on the lion. 
He prepared him with little things. Uh, may I say, if you can't trust God enough to tithe, you're probably not going to trust him in the trial. If we can't be faithful in the good times, it's doubtful we can be faithful in the tough times. If I can't overcome my own emotions of the flesh to be faithful to do God's will, I'm not going to overcome the attacks of others on my flesh. Well, it got quiet when I started preaching about our difficulties, didn't it? And I did too. I mean, I... You, you, that, 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 that's real. That hits home. What do you do when you're tired? You show up anyway. What do you do when you're frustrated? You just show up anyway. What do you do when you're disappointed and discouraged? You just show up anyway. You see, trials prepare us for service. I'm saying number four. Trials force me to depend on God completely. May I say as much as I... As much as we want to trust in God completely, it is typically trials that cause us to trust in Him wholly and completely. Sometimes I think I'm trusting completely, but when trials come, I have no choice but to trust Him completely. I think I've told the story of a man years ago he, he cut his arm on a, uh, uh, he was working on a pipeline, Kentucky West Virginia Gas Company, cut his arm, and uh, he was telling my dad about it. He said, uh, preacher, I cut my arm. It was pretty bad. He said, I started praying. And he said, as I was going to the hospital, he said, uh, the, the artery broke open, and it started really bleeding. And he said, I really started praying then. We've all been there, haven't we? We were praying, but boy, when trials came, we were really praying then. I believe that Moses was a man of faith in God. But I, be I believe at the Red Sea, he was really praying then. You know why? He didn't have anything else to trust in. He had nothing to turn to. And trials sometimes help us to realize the importance of saying, you know what, I think I'm trusting in God, but I have this in my back pocket. I think I'm trusting in God, but I have this in the bank. I have this to go to. Trials bring us to the place there's nothing to trust in but God. And if you don't help us, we won't be helped. And sometimes trials help us to understand what it means to wholly trust in Him. I believe David trusted in God. But when he faced Goliath, trusting God is all he had. I believe Paul had great faith in God. But in the valley of his weakness, faith in God is all that he had. We pray for our children and yet when they face trials that they must face alone. Our prayers of faith to God for them is all we have. As we look at this world, we realize there is no political hope. There is no ideology that's going to help our nation. God is our only hope and trials help us to fully trust in Him. Number five, trials show us Trials show to others that God is dependable. Trials show to others that God is dependable. Let me show you where I get this. Philippians chapter 1, please. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Go down to verse number 12. Trials show to others that God is dependable. Philippians 1.12, 
But I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Now, the things he was talking about was trials. He said, they haven't hurt my ministry. In fact, they have furthered the gospel. Look at verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Where did that dependency come from? It came from Paul depending on God and his trials and that allowed others to see God's dependable. If he can make it through the trial by faith in God, then I can make it through the trial. We want to not say to our children, we want to show to our children, we want to not just say to the next generation, but show the next generation you can have faith in God. You can trust in God. You can, you can depend on God. He'll take you through the trials. You know, David killed the first giant, but it wasn't the last. Once somebody did it, they learned this can be done. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm 78. I love this chapter. Psalm 78. Go to verse 5. Psalm 78, verse number 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Why? Verse 7. That they, who? The children and the next generation of children, that they, might, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You know what he's saying? He's saying, make sure you tell your children and your grandchildren and the children that are yet to come, tell them what God did at the Red Sea. Tell them what God did at the wilderness. Tell them what God did at the Jordan River. You tell them what God has done for you. And when you tell them what God's done for you, they will set their hope. And I like the word hope. It's not faith. And faith is different than hope here. Hope is believing that God is going to give the answer. They don't know how. They don't know where from. They just know that God is the one that helps them and meets their need. So what do trials do? Trials give me an opportunity to say to others, you can trust in God. Number six, trials are an opportunity for reward. When there is no, when there is no battle, there is no victory. When you see a team's record, 20 and 6, 10 and 2. You know what that means? 10 wins, 2 losses. That means that they've had victory. Trials are an opportunity for reward. Take your Bible and go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Some of you are in trial tonight. I don't know exactly why your trial is there, but I know that God gives us these reasons that trials come in our life. All of them encourage us to keep faith in God. First Peter chapter 1. 
Notice verse number 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Now we've seen that in several passages of Scripture. It doesn't say wherein you greatly complain. Wherein you greatly gripe. Not what he says. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. By the way, I don't always get paid in green cash on Friday by serving God. But one day I will receive the reward of my faith. And whether it's here or in glory, it's never for me anyway. It's always for God's glory. For it is His grace that brought me through. Number seven, trials are given to correct us. Trials are given to sometimes correct us because sometimes we need correcting. Now, don't rebel against that because it puts us in a bad category when we rebel against correction. The Bible says a fool is identified by how he responds to instruction and correction. So I don't ever want to rebel against correction growing up. You, you didn't want to rebel against correction. Or you get one whipping to get your attitude right, and then she get another whipping to take care of the wrong that you did. It's a hard thing to stand still. When you've got a leather strap behind you, it's hard to stand still. It's hard not to run. Sometimes, can we all agree that correction is sometimes needed in our life? Now hear me well, correction doesn't set you back. Correction is what keeps you going. Sometimes we think, oh my goodness, God is putting this trial in my life. This is going to put me so far behind. This is going to keep me from doing what, what I want to do for God. Correction never puts you behind. Correction makes you go well and accomplish the will of God. Number eight, trials are where we find God's grace. You don't find God's grace in his prosperity in your prosperity. You don't find God's grace in success. You find God's grace in the time of trial. Instead of removing the individual trial as we ask God to do, He gives grace not just to bear that trial, but every trial that is to come. Paul said, God, would you please remove this thorn in the flesh? Lord, would you please take away the thorn in the flesh? Lord, I'm not able to bear the thorn in the flesh. It is so difficult. It is so heavy. I can't carry it. Lord, would you please take away the thorn in the flesh? And God said, no, but I'll give you grace that will make you strong enough not just to make it through this trial, but the next trial and the next trial. I'll give you grace enough that you'll glory in the infirmity because the infirmity is where you find God's grace. Number nine, and last of all, trials make us think spiritually rather than carnally. Sadly, this old flesh of ours, sometimes we'll not think sinfully, but it goes to a compromised state of thinking carnally. Take your Bibles, go to Romans 8. We'll finish with this passage, Romans chapter 8. Trials in our life 
I've heard folks pray in trials that I've never heard pray before. I've heard folks call on God in a time of trial that would be ashamed to say the name of Christ at any other time. Are you with me? We know of folks that they, that they, they may talk about church, but they're carnally minded. But when trials come, they're not ashamed to pray. Romans 8. Look at verse number 5. Romans 8, verse number 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's what the psalmist said. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Trials come to help us think spiritually rather than carnally. You go to the visitation rooms and the waiting rooms of the hospitals, you'll find that those are places of prayer. Sometimes I need a trial to keep me from thinking about things that we talk about it all the time. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. We've got so many things, nothing wrong with in our life. We don't do anything wrong. We don't do anything right either. It's carnally minded. But trials help me to think spiritually. Stand with me, if you will. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Paul said, I'm producing something different than I once did, but it was trials that made the difference. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. We can't enjoy the trial, but we can rejoice in what's going to happen because of the trial. And I pray for those tonight that feel absolutely overwhelmed by the trial that they carry. And they've been carrying for months on end. There will come a day that that trial will end. And they will look back and see the goodness, the grace, and the greatness of an almighty God. Help us, Lord, to trust you in the trial. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. He